What is up, guys? Welcome to the Mean Enough Podcast. I am Ace. This is RB3. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies and the deeper meaning within those movies. RB3. Once again, we're doing a very different episode. We're going to be talking about the new Netflix show. And by new, I mean it's like two and a half weeks old or something. Yeah. But either way, uh, Ava DuVernay's When They See Us, I believe, is the title. Mm-hmm. Um, it came out about a couple weeks ago or a week ago, two weeks ago. Yeah. Either way... Um, it is one of the best things I've ever seen on Netflix. Wow. And that's that's high praise right off the bat. From but Netflix I, hater. I, I want to. I'm not a hater, bro. Uh, <laughs> I want to. I want to go ahead and dive into this a little bit. A little bit. It's a mini series. It's four episodes long. It's Avery DuVernay's passion project about the Central Park Five, which took place, I believe, in 1989. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is kind of her retelling of the story. Um, because it is a, it's a very important story, I believe, and, and it's a story that a lot of people should be seeing, a lot of people should check out, and it really is a long feature film, in my opinion, just one long movie that that takes place over four episodes that they divided up in association with Netflix because they wanted to do this into a miniseries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, directed by Avery DuVernay. I believe she directs all four episodes, mm-hmm. um, and it's shot by the great Bradford, Bradford Young, Young. Yeah. Um, who I have given high praise to quite a bit. Considering I, on Twitter a couple weeks ago, I called him. Uh, I said that he, he did say the whole thing about the Star I did. Wars. I'm yeah. gonna say it again. He he shot the best. Uh, that's the best shot Star Wars movie. It's Solo Star Wars story. Hey, man, listen, I'm all for repping the black DPs, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that take, Okay, though. which one is that? <laughs> I want to hear Rogue like One. A, Rogue One. Rogue One's pretty good. Rogue One is definitely the best-looking Star Wars movie, I think. But I think, I think um, it's Solo. I, I think, think so, Solo. Solo does a different thing. Solo does a different thing. I, I love don't, the naturalistic lighting. Yeah, it's naturalistic. I love the, yeah, just, oh, naturalistic. I, just, oh, I vibe with that it's stuff. More, I, I feel like they gave an, an RC... They gave an RC... Uh, <laughs> DP uh, a big budget movie. It was like, hey, make this. I mean, not not in a bad Bra- way, but Bra- yeah, for young, yeah, no way. You don't think he's an RC RC? Uh, he leans on more artistic side when it comes to cinematography. Oh yeah, but but I feel like it's just really well done. Now, that's really, yeah, of really course it's good. really well done. But I don't. It's not what a Star Wars movie would typically look like. That's that's why it's like. so freaking good. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Know, I, I love it, and I and I feel like he's he shows off his talent even more in this. In this one, yeah, definitely. He really stylized. It's super much. stylized. It's, yeah. It looks amazing. And the cast, obviously, I don't have names in front of me. Right, right, right. I got The I, cast of kids mm-hmm. and adults who play the Central Park Five because we're going to get a little bit into spoilers, not too much. But um, there is a time jump in this show. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's a very bold statement to do because I didn't expect to do a time jump. But they do do a time jump mm-hmm. as far as where they were as kids and where they are now as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single actor in this show delivers – stunning performances and obviously yeah. some people have more screen time than others mm-hmm. but the entire cast the crew the production designers and Avery DuVernay herself in my opinion have created something that's uh, as I said one of the best things I've ever seen on Netflix and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of great stuff on there Yeah, um, and something that should really be looked at by everyone yeah no, absolutely. I think um, they they absolutely killed it um, in terms of, I mean Avery DuVernay obviously her last Big Netflix um, <clears throat> um, picture was uh, the one she did about uh, 13th. It was 13th. That's but, right. Which was an Oscar-nominated That's right, yeah. documentary. Um, so she, and she's, she has like a – I don't know if it's a contract or a relationship with Netflix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think – so I, when going into this – into uh, when when they see us, I – Made the assumption that it was going to be a docu series, or not like a documentary series. But there know? is a documentary, right? There is, there's, yeah, there's a number of documentaries about it. Uh, not, I don't think directed by Avery DuVernay particularly, but I think uh, I I went into it assuming that because she had done 
um, because she had done the 13th documentary that she was going to be doing, the, uh, this is a documentary, but it was nice seeing like a fictionalized version of it because I think more people connect to dramatization over like direct documentary kind of stuff. And, um, and I think, you know, it, it was also intended originally to be a f- one movie, to be a single feature. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she got so much, you know, information and details about the story, if I'm not mistaken. The entire second episode is completely based on the transcripts of the court documents themselves. So it wasn't even like, if I'm not mistaken, it was it was less of a script and more of a like a representation a of the transcript. Yeah, a reenactment. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is. Uh, so it in that in presenting histo- and obviously Avery DuVernay has done a lot of great historical films. You could look at, you know, our so meeting up. Yeah, you could look at our meeting up podcast episode uh, episode twenty five. We talked about Avery DuVernay, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, we talked about how Salma is you know is uh, is both incredible is probably one of the most historically accurate and incredibly accurate um, biopics without even having the official approval of, like, the family and the speeches. Mm. <laughs> they didn't even have the real speeches that Martin Luther King said. She had to write original speeches for it, and it was still a very loyal adaptation mm-hmm. uh, to the life of, you know, Martin Luther King. Um, so she does a great job representing history yet again, I think, in this film. And I think it was great seeing uh, a comeback for Ava DuVernay. Not a comeback, but, you know, A Wrinkle in Time. It it's divided a, com- a lot of you people. You can say it's a comeback. <laughs> it's not a comeback. It's not a comeback if you're never I, gone. I'm gonna say it's a comeback <laughs> because I thought this was so like this was Selma level for me. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like I was talking to Cody about it just outside, and I was telling him like this is something that when I when I first saw Selma, I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. what is this? This is like the best thing I've seen all year. Mm-hmm. This is this is Oscar wins all around. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of the idea I have of Ava DuVernay. That's why I guess my expectation for a Wrinkle in Time was a little bit more disappointing just because of Selma. Mm-hmm. Like the, Selma's just so amazing that I was like, oh, Wrinkle in Time, it'll be all right. It'll be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. it wasn't that great. Yeah, um, I didn't mind it. You're changing your mind, No, bro. what are you talking about? Ha- I said from the I, very beginning I didn't video. mind it. <laughs> we have this on video. All right, we're going to cut to the tape. We're going to cut, cut to, to the, the tape. tape. We're going to talk about Wrinkle in Time later. Um, but I was just watching that uh, earlier today, and I'm like, wow, this is a movie that, for a kids' movie, surprisingly uh, gets at a lot of nuanced ideas um, about children that I think only you know a lot of people wouldn't get. You know, this is what I was looking for the entire time: the big fantasy, some big ideas, some colorful visuals. I mean, this movie looked incredible. Um, this movie was uh, 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 from the visual effects. Um, yeah, some of the visual effects were a little funny, but for the most part, they were all looking like really awesome. It was really imaginative, very colorful from a cinematography standpoint. Um, and even the stuff that was like outside of the fantasy realms, I thought was handled pretty, pretty, pretty decently. Sure. Um, so I thought it was pretty dope. I thought it was cool. It definitely had like a flavor. It had a message. It had a, a, a thing about positivity and, and, and discovering oneself and self-love that I think is really important um, that kids should understand. That's that's the movie, bro. I yeah. mean, that's that's, that's great this film. is your Disney Channel original movie. Great, great film, though. I think, not great. Good movie, I think. I, either way, <laughs> this is to me on some level. Yeah. I, was, I haven't been moved by something on TV or movie, movie-wise this much in like... I guess in Selma, like that—that's mm. how good this was. I think the biggest selling point of this is—is is just 
like you said, there's there's accurate storytelling, there's factual storytelling in, in, in a documentary feature type situation. But then there's emotional storytelling that can really be delivered by an actor, and mm-hmm. by a crew, and by a team of people who are making a dramatization of actual events. And I right. feel like nothing can really top that narrative structure um, to deliver an emotional punch quite like this style of a drama because mm-hmm. the performances that we get from these actors tell you stories within their eyes, within their emotions, within their feelings, their thoughts, their situations that they're caught up in that we probably couldn't get with retellings and personal one-on-one interviews in a documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, even though you could see a lot of footage, but seeing an actual guy stuck in a prison cell and having to deal with the environment of a prison community that sees him as a rapist mm-hmm. and that sees him as a monster is just something that is just so difficult to comprehend that you can only comprehend it by seeing it in a narrative structure, in a dramatization type right. of way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you agree with that. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that, you know, of course, David Duvernay has a lot of experience in both documentaries and narrative uh, features when it comes to, That's uh, right. you know, she did a lot of TV documentaries um, for um, BET and TV One, you know, talking mm. about female hip hop. I know I remember that one coming out very early on in her career. Um, she did an ESPN documentary about v- Venus, um, Venus Williams. Oh, yeah. Uh, so she has a lot of experience making those documentaries, but I think um, what I think what propelled her to the level that she is right now is due to something like a Selma and due to how emotionally resonant a lot of her films <clears throat> tend to be. Even her her early film, Middle of Nowhere, um, a story about uh, 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 a, a working nurse who... Uh, Whose husband is in prison, and um, and she's kind of dealing with the outside life like on her own. Um, it, it it you know it 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 it, sh- it had a very emotional like um, heartfelt kind of thing to it, um, and I think that's what you know. And even that film um, won the uh, the Sundance Film Festival award for directing for. Her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's good at telling these like raw emotional powerful stories about prison about. Um, about the consequences of prison, what prison does to people and the people inside and outside of these prisons. Um, so that's why a movie like Middle of Nowhere, that's why a movie like 13th, that's why a movie like, or why a show like, uh, like why, why They See Us resonates so much. It, she, she, she's so good at tapping into um, the heart and the struggles uh, that, that come with incarceration in this country. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, uh, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, as someone who's just finished this last night, mm. I'm telling you right now that that final episode is something to be to behold, mm. like for real. It's, mm. it's basically uh, an hour and a half, which is basically 90-minute feature film length, but it just delivers so many different strikes and punches. And just when you think that you get the point, you, you, you don't because you, you see d- different elements and different wrinkles that the story starts to add. And as someone who's not as familiar, if I'm being completely honest, mm-hmm. with the story of the Central Park Five, um, I, I just certain, there's certain moments in history that just kind of, I just didn't grow up around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one of them. I, don't, I, knew, I know, obviously I know the story. I just mm-hmm. don't know all the details to it like right. some people do. Right. Um, this similar to um, OJ. Um, yeah, I didn't follow the OJ trial. I was like two, yeah. or yeah, one and a half or two years old when this mm-hmm. when the OJ stuff was going on. And this obviously I wasn't even born yet when this stuff was going on. But yeah. there's certain things in trials and stuff like that I just didn't follow. Yeah, um, it's and, good. It's good having that that extra. Even though you know 
OJ was more of a satire of, of yeah, no, but I'm saying like, even the OJ but documentary, it gave oh yeah, even uh, the because I saw that yeah, uh, was the ESPN that? documentary yeah that that one um, made in America made in America made in America yeah yeah just um, opened my eyes to things that I was like whoa I didn't, yeah this I didn't even know any of this well see whereas whereas OJ had the the super serious and very detailed documentary and the the super comedic TV show I wouldn't say super comedic though I'd I would say, say it's comedic it's yeah, very comedic. comedic at least at the very least comedic but there's still a lot of drama in there there's a lot of drama yeah but it's Ryan it's Ryan Murphy so Ryan yeah, Murphy obviously he's still winking a lot yeah yeah it's very self-referential sure. yeah you know so I think there's even a, a point in there where OJ's watching a Cuba getting junior movie if I'm not mistaken Maybe. I think that's a little I was, I was like like, all right, this is I a think that's fun. I think it's funny. Uh, <laughs> I laughed. I, I got to watch. I got to watch. But I did. I did. I love that show too. But I'm just saying, like, th- they have the two kind of contrasts. But Central Park Five, this subject matter is kind of wrapped up kind of neatly into this kind of fusion of uh, not necessarily documentary, but docu, you know, docudrama, right? Yeah. Like very, very precise. Uh, yeah. And, and it telling. shows. And it shows the f- major flaws, the major holes in our criminal justice, criminal justice system and in, in our police departments and our, you know, all these elements and all these structures and buildings and organizations created mm-hmm. by government that are supposed to protect us and are supposed to keep us safe and are supposed to solve issues mm-hmm. that are issues and do the opposite and, and, and you know, dig more holes for innocent people and, and 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 jump to conclusions and do stuff that is not correct by any imagination of the law and it's and it's this idea that the police that is supposed to uphold the law is actually breaking the law more than any other you know place mm. or any other organization or any other people wow. that are breaking the law because they feel like they're above it and that's mm-hmm. a lot of and not all the time what mm-hmm. happens but it's a lot of the time what happens mm-hmm. um, and they, they the first episode of RB3 is really all about that it's it's really all about this uh, the New York Police Department just mm-hmm. jumping to conclusions and just throwing different ideas at the wall and literally putting themselves in a situation where they have to solve this mystery and trying to solve it as fast as they can mm-hmm. and just jump. Oh, look! Uh, it's they were there. Oh, they, they must have been the ones to do it. Oh, let's those kids are evil. Let's mm-hmm. do it. And it's like what? You jump to this conclusion in thirty seconds. Like oh my god, take your time. Right. But because of this brutalization of of what happened to. Uh, this woman, because it is evil and it is brutal and it, mm-hmm. it is something that they should have caught, they felt like the need of like, we have to address this now and we have to just find a victim and all these kids were yeah. guilty. And it's like, what do you jump to that? And it's this idea of uh, the the justice system is just bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. Well, I think even in the movie they say, uh, or in the show they say, uh, you know, I think one of the lawyers even says it's not about justice, it's about politics, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, um, we talk about uh, the politics that goes behind a lot of these uh, criminal cases. Um, really, the end goal is not to seek justice; is to fill up the prisons, is to um, get the get the lawyers paid, get the prosecutors paid, get the judges paid. You know, everybody who is in pocket with the uh, <clears throat> with the who's in who's in the criminal justice system and is prosecuting these these innocent people. Um, are oftentimes profiting off of that, so yeah. or and doing it for their own gain. And so. it's also a PR move. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of this this show talks a lot about the media coverage and how the media, and how the police department used the media mm-hmm. to basically make the case for them. They right. didn't have to say like, all they had to say was like, we found these five kids who gang raped this white girl. Done. Mm-hmm. Like it's over. Like there's no way you're gonna win that case. Yeah. Because the, the people have declared it to be 
It's mm-hmm. over. Like mm-hmm. that's oh okay. That's what happened. That's what happened. And there then, is no case. And then make it then make it easier when Donald Trump uh, brought up that. that and, name, and, and that, that they do that time. in episode two. And I was curious if they were going to bring that up. I'm so glad they brought that up because that's that's, episode one. That was an episode one. Episode one, really? Yeah. Okay, that to me it was like, are they going to bring up the Donald Trump thing? Because mm-hmm. that to me is like such a. Not only is it relevant, obviously, because he's the president, but right. it's one of those things where it's like, oh, people forget. People forget this stuff, man. Like mm-hmm. people need to be reminded that. That that this is what he did. This is what he said. This mm-hmm. is what he was pushing towards. Uh, 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 this evil and this bigotry and this racism has been within him for years. It's mm-hmm. been within him forever. The, this idea of him standing up against um, uh, anti-patriotism, when in reality there's literally tapes on, you can find it anywhere, where he brags about having the tallest building after the 9-11, literally hours after it happens or the day after it happened. Donald, uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center was the tallest. And then when they built the World Trade Center, it became known as the second tallest. And now it's the tallest. And I just spoke to my people, and they said it's the most unbelievable sight. That's what Donald Trump is. Yeah. I mean, he's a monster, and he's been a monster. Yeah. Um, and I love that the show brought it up because it's true. Mm-hmm. And he helped push that narrative mm-hmm. onto the media and onto the New York public yeah. because the New York wants to create a narrative too. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's a huge part of it. And you see that between episode one and episode two. Right. So yeah, And I think um, even, even – I think one of the uh, – you know more powerful things in this in this in the show we can talk about the time jump that happens in episode three and how the represent you know i kind of talked about how it represents life outside of um outside of prison or the the life that prisoners experience uh you know inside the pen and outside the pen and the people Mm. who are affected by that um the episode episode three really kind of died in that and addressed that and i think that episode um goes to show the rep- the repercussions of their responsibility of the people in the media, the people in um, the criminal justice system and all that stuff. So Yeah. That that episode's great, man, because it, episode three, I believe it's the Latino homie, right? Yeah. I forget, yeah, Raymond. I forget his name. Raymond. Raymond. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to look it up. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it shows Raymond's perspective and how he was completely innocent from the beginning, was caught up in this mess. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes to prison, comes out. And he's desperately trying to, to revive his life and revive his career, essentially. He's uh-huh. trying to move on and trying to find a girlfriend, trying to find a job, trying to find things that are, are he's unable to get because he was incarcerated and because he's now a level three sex offender. And this, uh-huh. this idea of... of uh, of having that scar on you that everyone knows about, even though you, you didn't, didn't do even it do anything. it. I love yeah. that scene where where the Dominican stepmom is like yelling at him and calls him a rapist, and he's like, "You, I, I'm don't call me a rapist." And he gets pissed, and he's like, "I don't even like." He even says like, "I don't even know women. Like I've I've never even touched a freaking girl." Like I love when he says that because he's like, "Bro, like." I'm so innocent that, like, I don't even know what that even feels like because I've been in freaking prison this whole time, so don't call me a rapist. I love that scene because I was like, yeah, this idea of masculinity being hand-in-hand with this show, and I don't know if you find out, and you find out a little bit more in episode four, RB3, but uh, I was talking to Cody about it, and it's this idea of masculinity 
being pulled down and being being destroyed mm. because these guys don't even have a chance to be men because yeah. they were boys when they were accused of being rapists. Imagine being 15, 16 years old and being accused of rape right. when people think you're this monster and you don't even you've never even had a girlfriend. You've never even kissed a girl. Like that that's destroying the elements of being a man and and and, and bringing it down to a form where you're a monster before you're even a man. Like mm. that's that that to me is just a big part of it. And then you see that in episode four too because this mass incarceration of black men who are just, you know, put in this situation where they're where they're chained up and they're unable to um, express their their feelings and express their emotions and express their I, I keep saying masculinity, but masculinity in a, in a positive way, mm-hmm. in a protective way. They're doing it in a violent way and, and in, in a protective of themselves and, and the things they have to do to survive in prison. That's a big, I love that Ava DuVernay, and I talked to Cody, like this idea that Ava DuVernay is able to tackle the subject of masculinity, and she herself is a woman, mm-hmm. and, like, and she does it perfectly, mm-hmm. because it's like this unfair weight that you feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the central part felt. Yeah, yeah, no, and I think that's I think that's that's very that's very much like what her intent is. I mean, she's very good at capturing that. Um, even in something like Selma, which is a biopic mm. about Martin Luther King, true, but it very much shows like how some 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 of his how how great he is as a person, but how flawed he was uh, as a person too, and and at points. Um, and I think that when we when we go to looking at representations of of, of black men and prisoners in general in, in the media is usually like a you know demonizing mm-hmm. kind of portrayal all oh, these guys are worthless all these guys are nothing you know what's the point of even having them in our society and then there's even that scene in episode three where he's literally applying for a job he's like okay if you check that if you check the box if you have a felony then you can't have a you know then you can't you can't work next to another felon if you mm-hmm. check the box uh, saying you're a sex offender that means you can't work near children and he's like damn how am I who's gonna hire me and his whatever whatever you could pick up and that's you know people society leaves no resources for um, people who were incarcerated and that's why you know it's such it's such a tragedy what happened to these to these guys yeah um, and I also think that you know it also goes to show how. How when how when driven how when driven to uh, to push these narratives of of who's innocent who's guilty the court of public opinion versus the court of actual justice um, this movie does show how a lot of people in the community still believed uh, in, in in the boys even after because the whole story in and of itself was ridiculous I mean none of the evidence matched up um, there was no DNA to prove that they're even there. Everybody was in different parts of the park when it happened, so it really made no sense. So, to people who were paying enough attention, they would have understood the innocence of, of these of these guys. But because because it was just such a heavy push and such a speedy thing to get that to get that done, you know. Yeah, it's, and I think they do a good a good job of that. I believe the court case is episode two. Episode two, yeah. Uh, in episode two, where where literally all the lawyers are bringing all the facts, the mm-hmm. freaking. Uh, the first lawyer, the second lawyer, the Latino lawyer, they're all bringing all facts, 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 facts. They didn't do it. They weren't there. This isn't their blood. Right. Look, we have all this also, also to the coercing of the police, too. The coercing of the police. To the coercing of the police. The, and, yeah. In episode one, it's so well done because mm-hmm. you're like, yeah. They're torturing these guys. They're torturing these kids yeah. and they're telling them, you have to sign this, otherwise you're never going to leave this. Mm-hmm. Like, you, If you want to go home, yeah? You want to go home? Sign yeah. it. Right. Like, it's that. It's, you, what are you going to do if not sign it? Right. Um, but it's also... Um, in that scene of the court case where these lawyers are bringing all facts, 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 and all of a sudden, all, all she has to say is, like, look at her. Mm-hmm. It's over. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all she has to say. Like, she was beat. She was raped. 
look, these guys did it. So, like, she doesn't even have to prove it. Mm -hmm. She just has to show the victim and say, look, this is evil, right? That's mm -hmm. awful, right? They did it. I'm telling you they did it because I have... Because I believe they... It's like it doesn't even matter what the facts is anymore. It's just what All you right. believe. Oh, well, I believe they did it. All right. It doesn't matter. Like, that's the narrative they create because it's all about creating narratives. Right. Um, salute to Felicity Huff, um, Huff, Huffman for playing um, the bad guy in this. Um, Which one? She was the Linda, Linda oh, lady. Oh, no way. Was she yeah. the prosecutor? The prosecutor, and yeah. And that freaking police detective is pure <laughs> evil. No, she, forget. She, was the, she was the detective, I think. Oh, the detective. And then uh, the prosecutor was the lady who was showing a lot of doubt towards the case. From oh, the beginning, that's right. right. Yeah, and that was uh, Vera Vera Farmiga. That's right. That's um, I, I, again. There's so many different cameos in this show. Yeah, but <laughs> Felicity Huffman, of course, of course, indicted in 2019 for the college uh, admission scandal. That's right. <laughs> so I like seeing her be the bad guy in uh, in a movie even uh, before that. Um, we, um, we, we can go down the list a little bit. John Leguizamo plays the oh uh, plays the, the father, the Puerto Rican father. Yeah. Is he Puerto uh, Rican? I think he's Puerto Rican. In the show, he's Puerto Rican. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't know if in, in real life, I don't think he is. Do you know what show you have to watch? You, you got to check out this show called How to Make It in America. It's on HBO. It's John Leguizamo, right? Yeah. yeah. No, no, not John Leguizamo. Uh, uh, Louis, Louis Guzman. Oh, Louis no Guzman. Way. Yeah, Louis Guzman is in it. But it's not about him. It's about these two guys who are like in New York and they're trying to like make t-shirts or whatever. It only lasted two seasons. Only lasted wow. only lasted two seasons. But it's like a it's like an entourage, but for like poor people. Interesting. Um, it's really dope. You should check that out. Oh, I'll check yeah. it out. Anything with Latinos in it. Uh, Nisi Nash is in this. Um, you know her from TV shows, mm. uh, like you said. Um, uh, freaking! I also know Felicity Huffman from a lot of that show, uh, American Crime Story. Uh, not American Crime Story, American Crime. Do you, have you? I've never seen it. No, yeah, that one. That's a good show too. That's a good show. Um, either way, it's a great cast. Homie from Dawson's Creek showed up as a lawyer, and I was like, "Yo, I know that guy. Where Where do I know him from?" And I looked him <laughs> up, and it's Homie from Dawson's Creek. I never watched Dawson's Creek. Um, and he came out in the first. Uh, he plays the lawyer. Um, mm. but either way, it's a great cast, and the kids are all. Um, the, the standout to me is Jarrell Jerome, mm. who plays uh, Corey Wise. Uh, and the reason why is because you see him in the final episode. He's the only actor who doesn't change actors mm -hmm. for his younger performance and his older performance, which is absolutely just mm. – that within itself is a documentary yeah. to be a, an actor that literally ages with the show. Mm. I don't know if I – mean, you, you'll catch up to it because I know you're, you're a little behind, but yeah. that scene is just I see crazy. Him, I see him grow up to, uh, to the third episode. Yeah, but, but in, the, in the fourth one, you'll see the uh. – the the differences between the ages that they show oh, okay, and it's okay. absolutely crazy mm. how much he transforms like not just his face but just his size and just mm -hmm. he literally becomes a man on screen wow. um but uh but yeah man the, each episode delivers so many different elements and 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 the, it's it's interesting rb3 because it's about the justice system and the unfairness between uh ex-felons and people coming out of prison that they're unable to succeed for whatever it may be drug possession or or uh, trying to you know do break into a car or what, possession of a intention to sell, whatever it may be, that these these petty nonviolent crimes put them in a situation where they're unable to succeed out there. And they're doubling down on it, RB3, with with making it innocent people. Mm -hmm. Imagine imagine all that to, imagine all that unfairness within our justice system. Mm -hmm. And it's done to kids who are literally innocent. Mm -hmm. That that is even like it's it's so heartbreaking to that point. And they're children. Mm -hmm. They're kids. 15, 16, they want to hang out with their mom. They don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's mm. the, the evil portrayed in this is like, man, you're taking lives away. 
-hmm. these kids lives are done because mm -hmm. you decided to play uh, this you decided to play God and declare who's right and who's wrong he's the only one ever since supportive yeah yeah no, I think that's uh, you know um, again we did a whole episode on Ava DuVernay's filmography but I think this is just a, another great time to highlight uh, the 13th documentary yeah uh, that you should check out on Netflix yeah you should check out on Netflix because that that's a, that's a documentary that um addresses a lot of the uh the the corruption within the within the criminal justice system mm. and highlights how how damaging um you know the the prison industrial complex actually is um i think that uh i think that you know why Ava DuVernay is great at telling these stories, I think we also got to give a bit of a salute to Netflix for being being able to put these stories out. They're the only, they're really the only streaming service that I know that's doing um, that's doing movies like When They See Us, like movies like Thirteenth, who are signing Regina King into a, a giant uh, production, uh, Regina King's uh, production company to a hundred million dollar deal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they 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 definitely put uh, you know black stories and black creators to the forefront. So salute to Netflix for that. Yeah, and here's here's my counter to you. RB3, <laughs> Here we go. Because I gotta you say, Netflix. I love Netflix, and I think what they do is they give creators opportunities to do what they want to do and yeah. to create stories and to tell stories that they want to create. My issue is how many people have seen this, man. Uh, when they see us, yeah, it's the number one thing you see when you turn on Netflix. Are you <laughs> sure? Yes, I don't, see, that's the that's top a, thing that you see when you. Yeah, but for me, for me, for my algorithm. But but, but I'm that's saying, what I'm saying. The algorithm is different for everybody. I just feel like they should be pushing this more. I feel How, like everyone. I feel like this has been in my face for the past. <laughs> Marketing wise, do you feel so? I think so. I mean, at least everybody who I know has been talking about. Okay. Even my friends from high school who don't because even watch Because my issue with Netflix is never their content. I love their content. I mm -hmm. just, my issue with Netflix is that they make phenomenal movies, phenomenal shows, and they don't promote at all. Like, they literally just do the bare minimum of promotion and of marketing. Whereas something like, as much crap as you can give something like a Disney, Disney doubles down. They're like, oh, if the production budget was 200 mil, we're going to make a 500 million uh, marketing budget. Like, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, they're like, what we're going to do is whether this movie's good or bad, we're going to promote the shit out of it. Whereas yeah. Netflix is like, we'll promote it. Kind hey, of. Well, they do. They do promotion enough to. I think this movie is is making a lot of waves, critically and commercially. Um, I don't know I what your so. Twitter. I don't know what your Twitter feed looks like. I saw JT tweet about it. I seen. I never seen JT tweet about <laughs> nothing black. It wasn't Creed. So I, I was like, damn, he watched it. Um, <laughs> what are you trying to say about JT? No, I love JT, man. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's is wise as snowflake. So I gotta, you know, gotta give salute to. He's Ecuadorian, right? I can't even I, say that. He's, like, he's half Ecuadorian. No, I, I mean, I don't even count it. And I said that. I don't know. JT is watching this. I, I, um, I won't get into it. Just because we, we had a little text about the Rambo trailer, which I'm yeah. going to say right here. I'm not watching that movie. Uh, <laughs> Why? Because he killed Mexicans? Clear, yeah, for very clear reasons, I'm not watching that movie. And I think it's time for people to be like, nah. I'm skip. <laughs> he loved that Rambo trailer, right? Huh? He loved that Rambo trailer. Yeah, came. And I think it's. I didn't even watch it. I didn't even really watch it, but mm. you said it was terrible. Yeah. It's yeah. Good. It's Stallone back for it, or yeah, Stallone's uh, back. Wow. And it's it might be a fine movie, but I'm not gonna watch it. So. <laughs> I'm done. You watch? A, did you ever get around to watching Sicario too? Oh yeah, I did. You did? Yeah. yeah, how'd, you, yeah how'd you end up? Did you like it or? Uh, I mean. Bro, I mean, the movie starts with <laughs> Middle Eastern people crossing the border. <laughs> I mean, it's a Trump fantasy. Uh, <laughs> Tell me that's not what it is. That's literally the narrative he used. And this came out like a year before he said that. <laughs> I don't know. Remember I'm not that? sure. Remember yeah. when he said he that? Did say Islamic that, yeah. terrorists are crossing the border? And it happens in the damn movie. <laughs> 
Um, so those are my thoughts on security. <laughs> <laughs> it takes place in McAllen. I grew up in McAllen. You grew up in literally. McAllen. Yeah. Like that. That's crazy to me. But either way, um, <laughs> when they see us, to me, is just content that needs to be viewed by everyone. It's the kind of stuff that I'm going to tell my parents about. I'm going to sit down and watch with them, and I'm going to, mm. you know, spread as much as I can. Mm. I, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like Twitter is more of a promotion angle than than. Well, I think Twitter is where I've seen. I think Twitter but is where I've Netflix. seen. But it's not Netflix. It's other homies watching this show. It should be a- Netflix. Ava, Ava's good at tweeting her own stuff sure. out too. Yeah, but I feel like Netflix should be like. Mm, this is this is something that I think when it comes to Emmy consideration that's time. That's what I'm saying. I think this is when that's when you're gonna it see better, a big push it better, for that. Yeah, because Emmy, I feel like Emmy, they're gonna give it to like Big Little Lies and like Nah, like Big I Little Lies compared to this. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna like, say I, I don't think Big Little, little Lies, lies but, is like on the same level. But that's what I'm saying. A lot yeah. of people would put it on the same level. Well, I never seen. I I, I can't even. See, I haven't seen Big Little Lies. Yeah. <laughs> I can't even see. I can't even I say if it's and I like, watch that how good is all it? the time. But Meryl Streep's in the second one, right? Yeah, second season is that that come out yet? She just came out. Yeah, her first episode. People are like, give her the Emmy, and it's like, mm. really, damn. It's, she's great, but mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can we can we do something different? Can Black, we do something that's much better? Black Mirror dropped too, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> no, Black Mirror wasn't good this season. No, it just mm. no. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I talked to my roommate about it. My roommate, who is the first person to ever tell me about this show, and I mm-hmm. told you about you the show. You told me about the show, and yeah. he literally we sat down and we we're like, mm, we're good. We're good. Let's uh, see. What, was I it just him. the previews, or did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, like, it's just not. It's not good. Like, it's isn't Anthony Mackie? Anthony Mackie's in the first one. Yes. Yeah, Miley not. Cyrus too. No, Anthony Mackie and and uh, what's his face? The homie who plays Black Manta, Yanya uh, Musafsa. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't pronounce uh, his name, but I think it's Yanya Musafsa or something like yeah. that. Either way, they're mm, it's alright. Sorry. It's alright. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, when they see us is, is what I told him. Let's watch when they see us instead, which is also on Netflix. Um, because I really do feel like this is I I I called it perfect on Twitter, and I'll, I'll double down on it. I think it's perfect. I think it's one of those shows that it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. Finally, to episode four, that finale to me is just mm-hmm. one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. Right. The way that they're able to handle all these emotions and all these different elements, mm-hmm. and and give you a conclusion mm-hmm. that just brings you to your knees emotionally mm. because emotionally I feel like it's just stunning mm. uh, any closing thoughts RV3 no no closing thoughts for me I mean I still have to um, peep the fourth episode in the time mm. of this recording but I'm sure text after. me I, I want to hear your thoughts yeah 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 and absolutely. tweet it out too if you want to yeah I don't really uh, I gotta you get don't on have Twitter. to tweet it out yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna promote this no, no. come on man <laughs> use that Twitter <laughs> yeah. I just I haven't tweeted movie reviews in a minute. Um yeah. but uh yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for for seeing for seeing mm. for seeing the rest of the series. Oh, um Bring the House Down, is that what it's called? That's another good movie. Oh yeah, on Netflix uh, by Alicia, yeah, AOC uh and, they, and other people. Ju- Justice Democrats. Yeah, Justice like Democrats, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they did a good they did a good documentary on that front too. Yeah. Um yeah, Netflix promotes a a, a lot of Ooh, uh, uh, yeah, you, you told me you don't like this show. Which one? The Patriot Act with Hassan Minash. Oh, I like him, I, but I, I think it. he's a little down he's a little too down the middle for me. Um, really? Oh, I, I think he's. Also, I think he he had a hip hop episode. I was like, oh, dude, yeah. you're from the '90s. <laughs> but it's real though. <laughs> he was like, he was like, I don't understand what little Uzi is saying. I'm like, all right, all right, all right enough. Like, I don't want to. Can you understand what little Uzi? I mean, I, I just hear facts, bro. I don't know. I like the Patriot Act. Check it out on Netflix. I think he's making good shit. No, he's good though. He's good. I think he's, he's making good he's shit. Good. I think it's up there as far as like. I don't know. I just in think terms it's of the commentary shows, yeah, it's that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, as far as Daily Show, show um, John Oliver, John Oliver, and Patriot Act. 
I watch. That, that's I don't watch there. John Oliver. John Oliver good. John I watch. I watch. I check in every now and then. He's and balling, dude. Yeah, he balls. He balls, dude. Yeah. Either way, guys, go check us out. On other formats for your podcast on Spotify, go subscribe there on the Meaning of. We are yeah, officially this, out. This is our first uh, episode on the Meaning of. Officially independent. Yeah, independent. Hey, that's what we do. Either way, guys, for the Meaning of right. podcast, I am Ace. This is RB3, and we are peacing out. Peace out, guys. <laughs>